When we look for the next head coach, it's going to be just more about the fit for the team, not necessarily fit for the scheme. So, you know, it's going to be looking for, like I said, with Dirk, a lot of the qualities Dirk had. The positive qualities that Dirk had are, are rare. We're going to look for a great leader, a guy that's just a good fit for this organization and, and, is, and wants to be a buck and is excited about coaching this young team and, and winning a championship. That's Bucks general manager Jason Light talking about uh, yet another coaching search for your Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They've had way too many the last 10 years. Welcome to our podcast, A Few Extra Bucks, here on PeterPirates.com. I am Mike Neighbors. I'll be joined by our Bucks insider, Roy Cummings, and our voice of reason, producer Justin Thomas, in just a bit. First off, I'd like to thank, thank our great title sponsors. They're going to stick with us in the new year, House of Brews. And, of course, Sea Dog Brewing Company, great brews, great food, great service. Well, you heard Jason Light kind of break it down. Uh, I'm going to bring in Justin Thomas. First of all, we're going to have a lot more from Jason Light, aren't we? Oh, yeah, we got a lot more. Yeah, Jason Light uh, met the media this week to kind of talk about uh, what happened with the Dirk Cutter firing and the look ahead and what he's looking for from a head coach. And we learned this about the coaching search. Um, there's no timetable. Uh, they don't seem to be in a real hurry. Uh, Jason Light says he's gotten a lot of texts, a lot of feedback on this job. You know, we've heard the likes of Peter King saying it's one of the least desirable jobs in the NFL, but he uh, kind of disputed that. And they're going to go outside the organization, meaning the Duffmeister, Mark Duffner, uh, Todd Munkin will not be the next head coach. So we know that, so that can kind of thin the pool a little bit. But I'm going to bring in Roy Cummings. Roy, what do you make of the search? I mean, uh, you know, as a reporter, you've covered a lot of these. Uh, man, it's it's a 24-7 job following this stuff, isn't it? Yeah, it really is. Um, you know, things change pretty quickly, really. Uh, the Bucks wasting no time. I uh, already uh, have a couple of interviews in the bag and, uh, you know, lining up a few more. And, of course, the rumors are flying everywhere. Of course, that, you know, and that's going to happen. Uh, this is a time when, you have to be careful about listening to all the rumors because you have agents out there trying to promote their their coaches, um, trying to get their names out there. So you know they're gonna they're gonna leak stuff that may not necessarily be a hundred percent accurate. Uh, the teams are interested, um, you know. So there's just a lot of uh, information being thrown out there. You have to sift through it and make sure you're getting the the right information. The interesting thing though is that. Uh, I think we all know that probably in the next two, three weeks, uh, we're going to have an answer on this thing. Um, we'll see where it goes, but uh, I think the Bucks are actually, uh, my guess is that the pick ends up being someone that we don't hear a lot about. You know, he might, he's probably on the list, but it's, um, but we, when we hear about them interviewing Eric Bieniemy, for example, and Chris Richard and guys like that, um, you know, that, that's something you want to pay attention to. But my guess is that, that's really just kind of doing their due diligence on things. Uh, you have this opportunity to talk to people. You take advantage of it. I, my guess is their head coach is uh, someone that, who we know very, very well and has probably been a head coach before. That's my guess. You know, Roy, there's a lot of ways this thing could go. You could get a retread coach like a Jack Del Rio, a Jim Caldwell. Uh, you could get a wild card guy like a Bill Cower. You could get a college coach. You could get the hot coordinator. Are you leaning towards any kind of category for the Bucks head coach? New head yeah, coach? I, I am. I, I like the experienced head coach who's been there and done it uh, in the NFL. Um, you know, look, I, the, the one 
difference there, I think, because I don't think Dabo Sweeney's available. I don't think Nick Saban's available. I'd take a shot at Brian Kelly uh, just because I think, you know, he's been successful everywhere he's gone. He's consistently moved up the ladder from small college to mid-level college to big college and consistently won. Uh, I think he's learned along the way. I think uh, a low-level NFL team, and that's, let's face it, guys, that's what the Bucks are, would be next for him. Um, he might have a little bit more, you know, control over maybe getting a little bit better job than that, but I wouldn't mind a Brian Kelly. But truly, I mean, I, my, my better judgment says that the best thing for the Buccaneers is someone who's been there and done it, uh, a Mike McCarthy type, a Bruce Arians type. Uh, I really like um, the Jack Del Rio idea. I, I do like that a lot. Um, I think a year away from the game sometimes gives you a different perspective on where the game is headed. I always thought that he got a raw deal in Oakland. So, uh, no doubt. yeah, I'm, 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 I would really be looking at Jack Del Rio. Uh, I think he's got, uh, I think he's got the goods. So uh, those are the, those are the guys I'd be looking at for sure. Yeah. I think of all the, the guys that are the quote unquote retreads, Jack Del Rio. I mean, the job that he did in Jacksonville, uh, I mean, look at the, you know, they, of course they had the year last year, but they, they've had so many bad years and he brought them a lot of good years there. And then Oakland, he kind of turned them around, but the Davis family's in love with John Gruden. So that wasn't a happy ending for him. So I wouldn't have a problem with that. Brian Kelly, I've seen some people say he's Shiano 2.0. I, I'm not buying that because he turned around more than one program. I mean, Shiano was just kind of Rutgers and that was it. And but I worry about Brian Kelly's temperament a little bit. We've kind of seen that over the years. I agree with you, though. At this juncture in the Bucks search, Roy, when they've had so many different head coaches in really the past 10 years, you need that proven guy right now. I don't think you can roll the dice on a college guy unless it's top tier and it looks like those guys aren't going to be available. I love Bruce Arians. I mean, to me, Bruce Arians, if his health is okay, he checks all the boxes. I think he's, he's a good blend of a guy who's going to have respect but he's also a good co- a player's coach as well. He'll be great with the media. He'll be a, an engaging personality. I mean, I think I've said in one of our podcasts, I thought he would have been the perfect replacement for John Gruden on Monday Night Football. He's that charismatic. But the biggest thing for Bruce Arians, and the reason he's my number one choice, Roy, is he's that quarterback whisperer. I mean, he's helped Peyton Manning. He's helped Ben Roethlisberger. He's helped uh, Andrew Luck, Carson Palmer. And if he can help those guys, he can certainly help Jameis Winston. Yeah, I totally agree with you. My only concern about Bruce Arians is, you know, and I I don't mean the pun here, but, you know, is his heart really in it? He's had some health issues. He he retired, uh, willingly retired, said he was, you know, he'd had enough of football a year ago. Maybe now he realizes he misses it. I've heard some other people argue that, you know, he said a while back that the only job he was interested in was the Cleveland job. Well, I think he said that when the Cleveland job was the only job that was available. And I think Bruce Arians has enough respect for the coaching profession that he wouldn't openly say, I'm interested in a job in a city where a coach is still employed. I think he has too much respect for his brethren in the coaching industry um, to say that. So I think that's the reason he, he limited it at the time to uh, Cleveland. Uh, and he's also said since that, you know, he definitely listened to the Buccaneers. So, uh, and I think he has, you know, the fact that he does have a bit of a relationship, knows Jason Light, I think is a good thing. I've heard people say that's a bad thing. That, right. you know, it's like bringing in your buddy. But I don't think that's the case. I, 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 I agree with what you say. This is a guy who has uh, really helped groom young quarterbacks, even older quarterbacks, 
uh, turn some franchises around a little bit. Um, you know, I think he knows exactly how to deal with uh, today's players, despite his age. And uh, and I think he's a guy that I, I there's no question I would be talking to him and seeing what his interest is. And he'd be in my finalist list uh, no matter what. And selfishly, from a media standpoint, I love the whole Bucko Bruce tie-in. Boy, the marketing department over at One Buck would love that, wouldn't they? I mean, they could have fun with that forever. Oh, absolutely, they could for sure. <laughs> Well, I'm with you on Mike McCarthy. I'm with you on Bruce Arians. I think you need that kind of guy in there, and I want an offensive guy too. Um, you can get a bring. You could bring a nice defensive coordinator in, but I don't want a defensive guy as a head coach. You have the pieces in place for this offense to be elite. You know, we've talked about this on past podcasts. They they were the number one passing offense for a reason. But I think coaching got in the way of not scoring a lot of points. You get the right coach in there with the offensive pieces. You get rid of. Uh, the disaster that was Deshaun and you know you get a lot of these guys healthier like uh, Cam Bray looks like he wasn't healthy OJ Howard you know we know what Mike Evans can do you re-sign Adam Humphreys you bring an offensive mind in there and Roy you get a running back I think you get a proven guy I don't care what Peter King says or a lot of these reports that we're hearing I don't know why people don't jump at this job yeah I'm, I'm totally with you on that um, and again I, I've said it before I think Peter King is is way off on this, and I think he's way off on this because he he has no idea what's going on here in Tampa. He pays very little attention to it. Um, you know, I think the last time he paid any attention to Tampa was when uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick was uh, was wearing Deshaun Jackson sunglasses. Um, <laughs> he you know he he checked out after that, as did most people, and I understand that they did, but um, he just doesn't have a feel for what's going on here. This is a is a, my look. My opinion is this is a much better team. I think this team is ready to contend for the playoffs. I think the talent is there. Yes, it needs to be tweaked. The roster needs to be tweaked. Um, but I think it's uh, I think it's very close, and uh, it's one of the reasons that I believe that they should get a uh, you know an, an experienced NFL head coach. You know, uh, an Arians type, a McCarthy type, a Jack Del Rio. And I'm not you know and 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 I, the the counter argument to that is well. They didn't do that in Los Angeles with either the Rams or the uh, the Chargers, and and you look at what's happened there, and both of those teams are flying. Well, and I, I would liken both of those teams really to kind of where the Bucks are now, but I also think that you know sometimes you catch lightning in a bottle. I don't know if that's the case in, in those two with those two teams or not, but I just think there's a greater risk um, of of getting it wrong. When you go the coordinator route, because again, guys, let's look at the eight coaches who just got fired. They were all the previous coordinator types that were hot coordinators. One of them lasted a year. Dirk Cutter lasted three. Most of them lasted about two. Vance Joseph, Adam Gase. These were all guys that, you know, two, three, four years ago, everybody was saying, well, that's the next, you know, so-and-so, Sean McVay or, or whoever. And uh, if you're going to go that route, I just think you have to be very, very patient. I think the Bucks are at a point where they don't need to be patient, really. I think they just need to kind of get somebody in here who can polish things off. You know what I would love, and this will be impossible because this guy's probably going to get hired by somebody else, but you bring in a Bruce Arians, and then you have like an Adam Gase as your offensive coordinator, where if Arians just wants to coach for a couple of years, Gase can take over, and Gase can learn how to be a better head coach under Arians. Wouldn't that be great if they could do it? That's very unrealistic, though. No, I don't think it is real unrealistic because I think that would be part of the game plan. If you're going to take yeah. Bruce Arians, uh, I honestly think that that would be your game plan is uh, that you would, um, 
you would bring in someone, some coordinator who you think uh, is going to be potentially your next head coach. And it could be either a defensive coordinator or an offensive coordinator, someone who you, you know, hopefully see he's not ready now, um, but you see, you know, two, three years down the road, he's going to be a guy. Maybe he's a quarterback's coach right now. Maybe he's a receiver's coach. Maybe he's a linebacker's coach, something like that. Um, you know, someone who's willing to, to wait his turn and, and learn the job uh, from someone who, who's done it and been successful at it. I think that's a great idea. It's a little bit outside of the box, really, in terms of thinking. But, gee, what's wrong with that? Well, if it works, you heard it here first on a few extra bucks. Just throwing it out there for Buck Nation yeah. right there. Okay. How about this, though? We've talked about this. I think, you know, we've talked about Bruce Arians for a while when we knew Dirk Cutter obviously was on his way out this season. But I'm going to throw out Bill Cowher again. You're not hearing his name a lot, but I heard recently, he, you know, he's never left the door. He's always left the door open uh, to return to coaching. I like a Bill Cowher. He's not the offensive guy, but, boy, he would command immediate respect, give this – franchise the, the respectability once again. I mean, I, I like the Bill Cowher wild card idea. Yeah, I do too. Um, again, I, I, as I said at the top, my, my guess is that the Bucks head coach is someone you've heard of, but maybe haven't heard yet in the mix uh, for this whole thing. So we'll see what happens. But yeah, I think, look, he's a guy that the Buccaneers have talked to in the past about coming out of retirement and being a coach for them. Um, I believe it was after Raheem Morris or while Raheem was uh, uh, on the hot seat that uh, those questions came up and uh, there was talk about Bill Cowher possibly being uh, the next guy. So uh, they do that kind of thing. So, yeah, I think that's a I think that's a possibility. I really do. Um, you know, again, would would Bill Cowher be interested? He might. You know, I, I look, I, I just I just think that the Bucks are a great challenge. I, I It's a great place to live. It's a you know. You have an organization that basically pretty much keeps their uh, – where the owners keep their hands off the, off of things as long as everything's going okay. Um, and I think that's a positive. And, uh, you know, you've got – again, I think you've got a roster that, uh, that doesn't need a whole – it doesn't even need an overhaul. It needs tweaking, but it doesn't need an overhaul. And I think those are all attractive elements for the Buccaneers. And when we're talking about coordinators, there's a couple names out there I'm really weary of. Uh, one is Josh McDaniels. The guy's never really proven it, that he can do it on his own. And you never seen a Bill Belichick assistant really have a lot of success away from New England. And then Pete Carmichael in New Orleans, I don't know much about him. But I think he's a tad overrated. I know Sean Payton, boy, he has his hands all over that offense. You know, those are two guys sometimes you get all carried away while they're from New England, while they're from New, New Orleans. And I think that is not what this franchise we, – we, we agree on this. That's not where the franchise wants to go. But you see them, you know, as hot candidates right now around the league. Yeah, you're right. Um, and, and I'm with you 100%. I, I don't know the, your, your guy in uh, uh, New Orleans at all. Uh, what I know about Josh McDaniels, yeah, he had a shot um, at a time when he clearly wasn't ready. I think he got dealt a little bit of a bad hand in Denver – uh, so I won't uh, knock him for the for the results there. I won't say that he's really not ready. But what I didn't like is the, the game he played last year with Indianapolis, where he was going, then he wasn't going. And, you know, we've kind of see it, seen it again with Matt Patricia in Detroit. You know, everybody was hot to get Josh McDaniels or Matt Patricia last year. And, you know, uh, a, a less um, – a patient owner in Detroit probably would have fired Josh McDaniel, I'm not Josh, uh, Matt Patricia, 
you know, because let's face it, he, he failed this year as a head coach. He didn't, he didn't, you know, elevate that team in my opinion. Um, so, you know, I'm not sure that coaches off the Belichick tree work. Um, I don't mind coaches off the, the Andy Reid tree. They've been a little bit more successful. Um, so guys like Eric Bieniemy, I can see what the, what's going on there. I, I get it, but I just I also think Eric Bieniemy is a little bit. I think it's a little bit early for him. My reason yeah. being that, um, yeah, it's been one really good season in Kansas City. I don't think a year ago anybody was screaming for Eric Bieniemy. Yeah, so I think we're in agreement there that uh, they need, you know, an, a, a proven NFL coach. And we also agree that this is a good job. I think there's a lot of pieces in place, and especially with the NFL, you get a good draft, you get some free agents, and you can turn things around pretty quick. Jason Light said this week, uh, this is why he thinks the job's attractive. You start with ownership, who is letting us collectively do our jobs. Um, you start with a facility. You can start also with the facilities. I think we have a young core group of talented players that combine with, you know, Dirk did some fantastic things offensively, historical season in some regards in a lot of categories. A lot of praise for Dirk Cutter in that press conference. Didn't uh, have anything bad to say about Dirk Cutter. Let me ask you this, though, Roy. Does Jason Light deserve to be back? Because to me, the glaring stat, and this is true, you can spin stats a lot of ways, but this is really a relevant stat. In his five years as Bucks general manager, he had a game less wins, one win fewer than Mark Dominic in his five years as Bucks general manager. And I thought Dominic had less resources. They didn't spend as much money with Mark Dominic. I was surprised, actually, they kept Jason Light. I thought the Glazers would clear house, clean house. Well, one thing the Glazers need is someone to, uh, someone who knows the landscape around the league, someone who knows who that up-and-coming coordinator is, someone who knows uh, what head coach uh, can, can turn this thing around. And that's Jason. That's part of Jason Light's job. No, he has not. Uh, the Bucks have not won consistently under him. Okay. I get it. Um, but Jason Light didn't have much of a say early on in the first two years with, with Lovey Smith here. You know, he's not the reason Anthony that's Collins cool. was here. He's not the reason Michael Johnson was brought in at defensive end. Those were Lovey Smith calls. Lovey had more power at that point. He was pretty much making the, you know, calling the shots. Jason Light was kind of an assistant in that. So I, I don't put a whole lot of the first two years of Jason Light's tenure here on Jason Light because he was kind of learning on the job, so to speak. Um, the last couple of years, what's happened? Look, I think he picked the right quarterback. I'll start with that. Um, I think he's done a tremendous job finding tight ends and wide receivers. I think he's done a very good job for the most part, I believe, of finding offensive linemen. He's failed at finding running backs. Uh, I think he's done a damn good job of finding linebackers. Um, he's failed at finding defensive linemen. Um, and I think he's probably been, you know, about, a, about okay at finding defensive backs. Uh, so more often than not, I think he finds players. He also finds players that are cheap. He finds those diamonds in the rough. Adam Humphreys, uh, for example, he finds him. Uh, Peyton Barber, who's a, a serviceable NFL back. Um, he's found a lot of guys who have uh, done a pretty good job just as uh, un undrafted free agents. Uh, is free agency work? Again, 
even when Chris Baker was here, guys, even when he was signed, the feeling amongst all the Bucks fans was, yeah, good idea. Looks like we're going to play a little bit more 3-4 maybe, this, that, and the other. When players don't work out, uh, big name or big money free agents, I should say, um, that's, that's not always on the, on the GM. And a general manager once told me that 90% of this game is played above the neck. And that's the one part you, can, you can't always figure out. You can look at tape and you can determine whether a player uh, has the skill and ability to play positions. You can look at the measurables and does he match up to what your uh, ideal is or what you see as a defensive end, a running back, a lineman, whatever it may be. Um, but you can't always predict what a player is going to think, how he's going to feel, how hard he's going to work once he gets the money. There's a, those are the things that usually determine uh, success uh, for draft picks and free agents, no matter what. And, you know, that's how players are selected in this league. And when you can't predict uh, 90%, the, you know, the, the biggest part of it, 90% above the neck, when you can't predict that, you're always going to have uh, – there's always going to be a lot of room for error. So I, at the end of the day – Jason Light primarily keeps his job because he's the only guy right now in the organization who has a feel for what's out there in terms of coaching candidates. That's why he's here. Uh, his role could change. He could be fired later on, depending on who the coach is. I don't think Jason Light is solid. Uh, yes, he's got a contract through 2019, but at the end of the day, the people want to be critical of Jason Light. Um, look a little bit deeper, and you can see where uh, he may be the only, one of the few reasons that they've actually had – some success with at least some of the players that they brought in. Wow, that's solid uh, defense for Jason Light. I, I, you made me kind of rethink things, especially early on with Levy calling a lot of the shots. But it's amazing to me you have a lame duck general manager next year and you have a lame duck quarterback. If Jameis Winston has a big year, then Jason Light will be back because he drafted Jameis Winston and likely that will reverse the Bucks' fortunes. Here's what Jason Light had to say about Jameis Winston's status next year. Jameis Winston will be here. We have him under contract for a year. Um, he has done some amazing things for a young 24, turns 25 in a week. Uh, quarterback has accomplished more than most of the elite quarterbacks have at his age throughout that career, that time span. Um, there's a lot to like about Jameis. Um, Jameis will be here next year. There is, I don't know if there's a lot to like about Jameis. There's a, I don't know, there's some to like about Jameis Winston, but I think we both agree on this, Roy. Say what you want about Jameis Winston, and I think from afar it's easier to criticize him if you don't really know the situation here in Tampa. I think the bottom line with Jameis Winston is, Roy, they've invested way too much in Jameis Winston to cut him loose right now and see him shine somewhere else. I totally agree, 100%. Uh, no doubt about it. Uh, you've invested a first overall draft pick. Um, you know, has he gotten you to the playoffs yet? No. Has he won, you know, uh, has he, has he, you know, won more than he's lost? No. Um, is it all his fault? Absolutely not. Um, look, Jameis Winston right now stands at number nine on the all time list for passing yards by players in their first four years in the NFL. Uh, from his rookie season to his fourth season, he also ranks ninth in the, of all time in touchdown passes thrown. Um, NFL history, most single-season net passing yards 
it's the Buccaneers this year at 5,125. You know, that that's Jameis Winston. Uh, most points, the, you know, 396 in team history. That's got a lot to do with Jameis Winston. The, when D- Jason Light says he's done a lot of great things, he has. He really has. And he's gotten better every year. And the incident that turned everybody off going into this season happened three years ago. Now, if there's a if there's a skeleton in the closet that we don't know about, everything changes, and I understand that. But right now, it's way too soon to give up on uh, on 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 James Winston. Way too soon, because tell me the quarterback who's available who's better. I that's my argument. Show me the quarterback who's available who's better. My counter argument, no matter who you say, is whether it's Nick Foles as a free agent or yeah. Teddy Bridgewater, which I you know laugh out loud at, <laughs> or you know Dwayne Haskins or whoever whoever the you know the, the the young quarterback coming out of the draft is. I just say I'm sorry. No, you're absolutely wrong because Jameis Winston has probably done more than every one of those except for Foles, who. You know, I, I don't think he's going to go to a place where, you know, I mean, how, why would he come to the Buccaneers if he's got an opportunity to go almost anywhere? So uh, we'll see how that works out. But, no, you've got to hold on to James Winston at this point. I think Jameis Winston is lucky timing-wise because this is a weak draft for quarterbacks coming out of college. It's a weak draft free agent-wise. I mean, you broke down some of those names from Bridgewater to Foles. Joe Flacco's past his prime. Uh, Haskins is intriguing, though, but the, the Bucks don't want to – start over at quarterback. So Jameis Winston, I think, would you agree with me, Roy? You and I disagree on Winston in some some aspects, but I think he is is fortunate in terms of his timing in his lame duck year because of the situation in the draft, because of the situation with veteran quarterbacks right now. Yeah, a little bit. I, it's hard to argue with that. I mean, if I suppose if there was a big standout quarterback, um, you know, or two that, that everybody loved uh, and knew was coming out this year, you know, maybe there would be talk about that. But here's the thing. The Buccaneers have a quarterback, okay? And and there's nothing to suggest that Haskins is going to be better or anyone else in college is going to be better. And there's nothing to suggest really that Nick Foles over the course of 16 games is going to be all that much better. J- Jameis Winston has done a lot of very, very good things, continues to get better every year. I'd like to see what he does with a new coach, see if he can learn some more, continue to progress. And my biggest, one of my biggest reasons for not letting Jameis Winston go is if you let Jameis Winston go, a team that's tied up against the salary cap or going to probably be tight against the salary cap because it's got a lot of young players that it has to re-sign, suddenly has to go out and buy a quarterback. You know what you're going to pay Jameis Winston. You may have to overpay for that quarterback, or you may end up drafting a guy, and actually this team needs more pieces at other places. You've got a quarterback you can win with. You've got a quarterback who basically – helped guide your offense to, to as, as one the best offense in franchise history, uh, one of the best offenses in, in the NFL this season. And you need pieces on defense, on the offensive line, at running yes. back. You need yep. pieces other than the quarterback. And so all this talk about, you know, what the Bucks ought to do is, uh, you know, draft, you know, trade down and, and draft a quarterback with the first round pick. Absolutely not. You've got quarterbacks. You can still re-sign Ryan Fitzpatrick. You've got Ryan Griffin, who a lot of people want to see. You know, we'll see what the new coach thinks. But at the end of the day, you don't need a quarterback right now as badly as you need possibly another linebacker, another defensive lineman, certainly a, a cornerback or a safety, certainly a running back. Those are the things you need the most on this football team right now, not a quarterback. 
Yeah, I want to see Jameis with a good running back and a good offensive line and a better decision-making because he's been in the league four years. I think all of that will make for a better Jameis Winston. But you know what makes us better? Justin, you know what time it is. Three and out, baby. Three and out, our first one of 2019. Happy New Year, everybody, by the way. This is kind of a doom and gloom podcast in Buckinger. Coaches and should the Chiefs doom and gloom season. Is Jameis Winston, uh, you know, blah, 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 blah. But didn't even say Happy New Year off the top. I feel like a loser, guys. I know we're a little three days into January. But it's three and out. We have three questions and we're out of here. I've kind of shuffled the deck a little bit. Um, But I want you to rank these, and we're always going to have Justin go first because that's kind of the way we switch things up during the season. Um, In terms of these head coaches and the hirings for the Buccaneers, Roy will probably like this, hopefully. I want you to name from worst to first. You have Raheem Morris. You have Greg Schiano. You have Lovey Smith. You have Dirk Cutter. Give me the worst hiring uh, to the best of Of those those guys. Of those guys? Yes. Yes. Raheem, Shiano, Lovey, Cutter. Uh, I think I would do Shiano, Raheem, Lovey, and then Cutter. Okay. So Cutter wins. Uh, yeah. He's, he's, I mean, the, he's the best of the worst. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I guess that's a good way of putting it. He's the best of the worst. <laughs> okay. Well, you covered all these. How do you rank the, the four from worst to first? Uh, Raheem was the worst because he'd never been a coach, a head coach. He'd never even been a coordinator. Um, I would say that actually Dirk Cutter would be next. Wow. Because, and and it has nothing to do with Dirk Cutter's performance. It's because just like with Raheem, the reason he was hired to be the head coach was because the Bucs were afraid to lose him to another team that was going to make him either a head coach or a coordinator. And he wasn't that hot. It was the it was the Glazers' inability to read the NFL, the landscape that that led to the hiring of Raheem Morris as a head coach, which came way too soon. He wasn't ready, and Dirk Cutter as a head coach, which came too soon because it's not what he is. Uh, then I would have Greg Schiano just because again uh, they failed to read the the landscape well enough and, and didn't know that he's not an NFL head coach. He is a college coach, and I would have Lovey as the first because. He'd done it. He'd done it for years. Um, most people in Chicago thought that he got a bad rap in Chicago. And, uh, you know, the, the team was uh, being torn apart by a bad general manager and, and uh, shaky ownership. Um, he was an, a, a legitimate NFL head coach. And uh, I think the Bucks actually, they gave him a little bit too much power, but I think they, um, they cut him loose too soon. Uh, I think in time, he probably would have gotten this thing uh, straightened out. But it takes time. You can't just give a guy two years and expect things to be turned around, especially when you try to rebuild your team through free agency. That's not how you build a football team in the NFL. You build it through the draft. Justin, now I know how you feel because I had one list in mind, and Roy kind of changed my mind a little bit. That's He's good Roy, at that. That's what Roy does. <laughs> that's what you do, Roy. I, I think there's no doubt Raheem was the worst. And I remember watching Raheem's opening press conference just feeling sorry for him, like this guy's not ready for this. He's not ready for this at all. And, of course, he has one winning season, though, um, more than Lovey can say. I actually liked 
the Greg Sheehan hiring. I thought, you know, the guy can turn around Rutgers. He has, he's been around guys like Butch Davis at Miami. You know, I, I thought maybe he didn't get enough time. And I always think it all comes down to quarterback, Roy. You don't have a quarterback in this league. You're done very quickly. Sean Payton doesn't have Drew Brees, and he goes to Miami, and he has to draft Vince Young or Matt Liner instead of Reggie Bush. Who knows where Sean Payton would be today? So it's kind of crazy how life turns out for some of these coaches. But I got to go Raheem. I got to go Shiano. Then I go Dirk Cutter. I, I actually like Dirk Cutter quite a bit. Um, you know, I will say this is separate from football, but Dirk Cutter's daughter put out a tweet this week, and it was really heartfelt about how much she loved her father, just paraphrasing, and how tough it is for families to go through this. And I'm not going to feel sorry for Dirk Cutter, all the money he's made. I think people kind of forget that human element sometimes. Um, but I kind of like Dirk Cutter the best out of all those guys covering him from a person standpoint. But he just couldn't get it done. He had a lot of weapons and had a lot of chances down the stretch to turn things around. I think the decision was made a long time ago. But I was going to go Lovey and then Dirk. But you changed my mind because, yeah, Lovey, you know what? He almost won a Super Bowl in Chicago with Rex Grossman and came here with – you know, it's hard to kind of turn things around based on the talent that he had, made some bad personnel moves. But uh, I'm going to agree with you on that. I think Lovey Smith is the best of the worst. All right, question number two in our three and out. Who do you want here more next season? Who is more important to be here, Gerald McCoy or Adam Humphreys? Wow. Ooh, that's a good one. I, I – I think we've discussed this before, but I think you try and trade Gerald McCoy and see if you can get something for him. So if with that being, I think, a a pretty smart move, I would say Adam Humphreys. What do you think, Roy? Yeah, I'm uh, definitely Adam Humphreys. And look, I am a big Gerald McCoy fan. Uh, I believe Gerald McCoy's name belongs on the ring of honor at the end of the day. I think he was one of the best. He played up to his draft status. He did. Um, it's unfortunate the Bucks could never surround him with better players. Um, I think he's, and the biggest, but the biggest reason I take Adam Humphreys, Adam Humphreys is on, still has upside. He's on the rise. Hasn't even come close to uh, maxing out on his potential or hitting his prime yet. Whereas I think Gerald McCoy is already on the downside. He's starting to, he's reached his prime. He's played his best football. And uh, I still think he's got years left, maybe two, three, four, but, and I still think he could, uh, I would still want him on my team, no doubt about it. Um, but if I have to pick one over the other, I'm taking Adam Humphreys because, um, he's just got more upside at this point. And I think that's what's, uh, that's what's important. You know what? I, I, I couldn't agree more. It's Adam Humphreys. I think Jason Light has a lot of, uh, uh, things going, not a lot, but he has definitely some acquisitions that are in his favor. And Adam Humphreys is up there, so he's not going to let go of that guy. He discovered him. They've groomed him. It's almost like Jameis where they've invested so much in him, they're not going to let him go and play with somebody else. And uh, Gerald McCoy, to me, um, I don't know. You know we, we've talked about his leadership. I, I think his. I think he needs to go somewhere else. I think he needs to go. And, if, if, and I agree with Justin. If they could get anything for Gerald McCoy, it would be a double whammy. I think his time has passed in Tampa. It's time for him to go. And he maybe it's a win-win. He'd be better off in a team that could possibly make the playoffs. And the Bucks could move on and, and groom uh, some young players at that position like Vita Vea. All right, my last question, the three and out. 
I said Happy New Year. It's 2019. Man, it's crazy to say that. And I didn't brief you guys on this. I'm not going to ask you your New Year's resolutions. All right? <laughs> I want a bold prediction in the NFL for 2019. Something that may surprise somebody. What do you think, Justin? Uh, you need to stall longer, Mike. I need some time to think about one. <laughs> <laughs> um, are we talking about the, the, the next season, not like yeah, this upcoming yeah, playoffs? What's going to happen next year that's – maybe it could be a surprise team. It could be a surprise player. It could be a surprise coaching hire. It could be something that maybe nobody expects or nobody's talking about right now that would be kind of that splash news headline. Uh, I could see um, who's the QB in Buffalo. Is it Josh Allen? I always get him. Yes. He's, yes. That's what I thought. I, I could see him taking a big step forward. Um, I'm yeah. not saying Buffalo's going to turn it around and become a surprise team, but I think they have a pretty good QB. He played a hell of a game his last game of the regular season. Um yeah, I, could, I think Buffalo could take a big step forward. I'm not saying they're going to all of a sudden become a playoff team, but uh, I kind of like what's going there. So I'll, I'll pick that as a real quick off the top of my head. Right. We don't. We I didn't brief you on this. They made the playoffs, you know, last season. Yeah. No, I agree. I agree. I, I think uh, I think they have some good pieces. I think it's similar to Bucks. If they make some tweaks, they could be a pretty good team. Well, you had the advantage of thinking about this for a little bit. Yeah, but I had an idea right off the top of my head. Uh, <laughs> Bill Belichick retires. Really? Yeah. Yeah, I think he's going to Is this after him. the Patriots win a Super Bowl? Um, win or lose, I, I think he retires after this year. It may not ha- may not come until March, but I think he uh, I think he calls it quits. Says, you know what, I'm good. Regardless if Brady wants to keep playing or right, not. Right, exactly. I think he says, you know wow. what, I've had it. I'm done. That's a like super a, hot a take run. right there. Well, it's funny you say that because my hot take is that uh, in 2019, we're going to see the last of not only Tom Brady, we're going to see the last of Drew Brees, and we're going to appreciate those guys because we may not see two guys of that caliber retire in one year for a long, long time if ever. I mean, those guys, after they put up their stats next year, are going to be at the top or hold almost every significant quarterback record I know how the league is you got the Patrick Mahomes and you got you know Carson Wentz and Jared Goff and all these young bucks coming up but I think we're going to really appreciate the likes of Tom Brady and Drew Brees especially when they're gone I think you're right I'd like to see it (laughs) if the Saints win the Super Bowl Drew Brees told me a couple weeks ago that he still has more football in him left. I think if the Saints win the Super Bowl, he'd be very tempted to leave on top. Because you know what? You can't predict stuff like that. You can talk about it, but when it happens, I think he'd be mighty tempted, even though he's got another year left on his deal. And that's a young football team. I wouldn't be surprised if he retired. But we will see. All right, guys, appreciate it. Happy New Year once again. Before we go, though, we're gonna, you know, we're gonna get our PeterPowers.com poll more involved in 2019. And we're gonna go back to a poll we had. A few weeks ago, I guess. Justin, give me an update on this poll because it's really relevant now. Yeah, it really is. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, we ran a poll. If you ran the Bucks organization, what would be your first offseason move? Uh, obviously, we know what wound up happening. But up until this point, everyone got to vote. Uh, no one, surprisingly, picked to shore up the O-line or to only fire Jason Licht. 
Uh, however, 15% about decided uh, they thought trading Gerald McCoy for draft picks would be a good idea. We talked about that previously. Uh, 23% uh, thought they should only fire Dirk Cutter. That's obviously what wound up happening. And then uh, 47%, this is the most, uh, they all picked to fire both Cutter and Jason Light. Uh, surprisingly and funnily enough, fifteen uh, percent thought praying would be the best option. So, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Not arguing against that, you know, I'll, Roy. Just your final comments on that, because I know um, you could make a case to defend Dirk Cutter, and we've done that, and Jason Light. But I thought they'd clean house. But you made a good case about Jason Light. Does that poll surprise you at all? Um, not really. You know, I I, I know how fans feel. Um, you know, so no, I'm not surprised. It uh, it actually kind of makes some sense. You know, I, I think people were ready to move on, and so no, I'm not surprised. Uh, I think it kind of went the way I expected it to. Actually, <laughs> we have smart uh, uh, listeners here on PeterPires.com. Well, listen, yeah. that's going to wrap things up. We're going to keep you covered during this coaching search. We'll we'll be with you at least once a week throughout the offseason for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, throughout free agency throughout the draft process and uh, the NFL draft, and then the offseason will be here before we know it. But keep it logged here at PeterPirates.com for our A Few Extra Bucks podcast, our video updates. Subscribe today. It's free. Well, we'd like to thank our title sponsors, House of Brews and Loops on the corner of Northdale Mabry and Van Dyke and Sea Dog Brewing Company, two great locations in Clearwater and Treasure Island on the beach. Great brew, great food, great service. Until next time, I am Mike Neighbors. Thanks for logging on to a few extra bucks here on PeterPirates.com.